Hey, listeners, this is your host, Rob Flack O'Hara. If you're looking for a way to support my podcast, here are three quick things you can do. Number one, visit iTunes and review the show. More reviews help get the word out. Number two, visit patreon.com forward slash Rob O'Hara and support my shows. A dollar a month helps a little, and five bucks a month helps a whole lot more and gets you some neat things in return. Number three, tell a friend about the show by sharing links to your favorite episodes via social media. As always, thanks for listening and supporting my podcasts. And now, on with the show. Sprite Castle. Sprite Castle. Sprite Castle. With Rob O'Hara. Sprite Castle. Hello and welcome to Sprite Castle, the show in which we play, discuss, and review Commodore 64 games. My name is Rob Flack O'Hara, and on this episode of Sprite Castle, we will be discussing Snokey, the 1983 game from Funsoft Incorporated. This game was suggested by Michael D'Angelo, longtime supporter of the podcast and also a Patreon supporter. Do you know what kind of bird Snokey is? You will by the end of this episode, if you listen to the whole thing, which I hope you do. But before we get started with this episode's game, let's check the Daily Sun for this week's Paperboy headlines. Welcome back to another episode of Sprite Castle. This is obviously uh, Commodore 64 month. August is the month of Commodore 64, and so we are coming to you fast and furious from the castle here. Uh, If you want to see what some other people are doing for Commodore 64 month, you can go to Twitter and search for hashtag C64month. There's also an account at C64month. So that's uh, two ways that you can find things that are going on for Commodore 64 month. Lots of people are doing programming and hardware and software projects, all kinds of neat stuff. So, uh, Also, just wanted to mention, if you want to help and support the show, obviously there's Patreon. You can always go to patreon.com forward slash Rob O'Hara, but maybe you don't want to support the show financially. Maybe you say, Rob O'Hara, I like your show, but not 100 pennies worth a month. But what else can you do? <laughs> well, you can share this show on social media. So, uh, share there are, I, on my uh, Twitter account, Commodore and on my, uh, Facebook page, which is, uh, Rob casts on Facebook. Uh, every time there's a new podcast episode, they get posted there. So you could just share those posts to your friends. And that's just as good as a hundred pennies to me, except for if I'm trying to buy lunch <laughs> because <laughs> social media shares, will not get you a taco. <laughs> I should get that tattooed. That's <laughs> oh, man, we are a little bit here in the castle tonight. Uh, what news do we have? Well, first of all, I wanted to mention that Forum64 has teamed up with ProtoVision. They are having a game competition for Commodore 64 sports-themed games. Uh, I thought originally I read that the deadline was October of 2017, but now it looks like it has been extended to April of 2018. So if that's incorrect, somebody please let me know. But you can go over to protovision.games, uh, and uh, you can find out all about that competition. So, And if you're working on a game for that, let me know, and uh, I'd be glad to uh, mention it here on the show. Another game that is coming out uh, in just a couple of weeks, actually the day after my birthday, is Rescuing Orc. 
a new Commodore 64 game, which will be released on August 23rd. My birthday is August 22nd. It will be available as a free download, uh, but there's also a pre-order currently available for the collector's edition. And so you can go to polyplay.xyz if you want to find out more about that. The description says... Rescuing Orc is a jump and slash game with bits of adventure inspired by classics like Castlevania or Zelda 2 with five areas to explore and 12 different types of enemies to fight. You play as a goblin armed with a sharp sword that is trying to find what has happened to his friend Orc. So that sounds kind of interesting, you know, and I I, uh, definitely enjoy those types of games. So that will be, I'm looking forward to that download. That will be fun to play. And those are just a couple of this week's headlines brought to you by my local paper boy who just ran into a bird. And speaking of birds, Snokey was published for the Commodore 64 in 1983 by Funsoft Incorporated. It is a game for one or two players that uses either joystick or keyboard controls. Funsoft Incorporated, according to Moby Games, released four games. Uh, They released Time Runner in 1982 for the Commodore 64 and Atari computers. They released Mad Minds, also in 1982, for the TRS-80. Then they released Snokey, this game in 1983, again for the Commodore 64 and Atari. And finally, a game called Flack, The Ultimate Flight Experience, which has a wonderful name. Love it. 1984, and that was for the Atari C64 and Apple II. Now, I think Moby Games may be missing some entries in their database for Funsoft because I found an ad on TRS80.org that lists five games for the TRS-80, and those included The Black Hole and Babel Terror and Apple Panic. And I looked up Apple Panic on Moby Games, and it is listed, but there's not a TRS-80 entry for that. So there looks like there may be uh, some updates. I may go in, and if I can find documentation, do uh, submit some updates for Moby Games. Um, now, the credits listed on this, there are three people listed. The first is a gentleman whose name is Y-V-E-S, and I believe that is pronounced Eve, Eve Limpur. Uh, the only credits for him on Moby Games are the four Funsoft games, but I did find Eve's website. Uh, he did write Apple Panic for the TRS-80. Uh, he also wrote Mac ASM, which was the first Macintosh editor and assembler. He also wrote Ben Hex, which was, and this is from uh, his website, the most popular way for Macintosh users to exchange files on CompuServe and later the Internet. So that's pretty cool. I also saw that he wrote a TRS-80 emulator for the Macintosh. So pretty cool guy. Uh, the game's design is credited to Alan Marsley, and he only has two entries on Moby Games. That is for game design for this game, Snokey, and the design of, again, that wonderfully titled game, Flack, the Ultimate Flight Experience. The third person on the credits is a very interesting person named Troy A. Linden. Troy is credited, uh, I believe, on all the Funsoft titles, um, Then it says that he did Lost Tomb, which is a, uh, I believe, an arcade port for Datasoft. And he also did the port of Mr. Do in 1985. He then moved to GameStar and did Star Rank Boxing. Uh, He did some other GameStar titles, and then uh, GameStar was acquired by Activision. He did Howard the Duck or worked on Howard the Duck. 
on his biography on Moby Games, it says he is the producer and developer for Speed Rumbler and Hat Trick, and he was the producer for Street Fighter 1942, Bionic Commando, Ghosts and Goblins, Gunsmoke, Sidearms. And then it says he did, um, actually it believes, uh, it says he finished Defender of the Crown for Cinemaware. Now that's very interesting. I looked up Defender of the Crown on Moby Games, the Commodore 64 version, and Troy Linden is not listed in the credits at all. However, I did find an interview with Troy Linden from the Commodore Magazine from August of 1988. And there's an interview with him where he talks all about Defender of the Crown. So, uh, again, you know, just some little gaps in history that may not be, uh, you know, totally captured. So I need to go back and find, um, you know, once I find documentation for things like that, I try to make sure that they're, they're um, archived somewhere on the web. So I will go back and try to do that. Uh, Troy Linden has most recently been involved in the Left Behind games. He's been working on those for the past several years. So uh, a guy who worked on games in the early 80s and is still working in the game industry today. So let's jump into the box of Snokey. Uh, on the front of the box, we have Snokey written in big uh, letters that are made out of snow with uh, snow and ice piled on top of them. It looks like it's uh, inside a frozen cave, maybe. And then we have a picture of Snokey the bird. Now, if you play the game... Snokey looks a lot like a penguin in the game, and in fact, my entire life, I thought that Snokey was a penguin, but based off this artwork, he is definitely not a penguin. He has a big, sharp beak. Um, he's wearing a snow cap, but he has hands on the end. Uh, I mean, he has arms and hands, uh, so he does not, he's definitely not a penguin. He's not colored like a penguin, and then he does have... Uh, uh, white webbed feet. He is basically white all over in this picture. Um, his eyes are very round and he has black eyebrows that make him look a lot like Snuffleupagus. <laughs> uh, and then underneath the picture, it says arcade action game for personal computers. And then there's the logo for Funsoft. Now the back cover of uh, the package tells us the story of Snokey. Deep in the lands of the frozen north lives a little-known race called snowbirds. So there you go. Snokey is a snowbird. Likeable and trusting creatures, they only get angry when compared to their remote cousins, the penguins. Snowbirds are highly intelligent and quite good at jumping, but cannot fly. Above all, they are afraid of water. In fact, contact with water is usually fatal for a snowbird. A young snowbird named Snokey is the hero of this adventure. Snokey has been separated from his girlfriend, Kara, by evil Grodies, who have captured her and are now holding her prisoner deep in a snow cave. Join Snokey in this rescue attempt to save Kara. Experience the trials of an arcade adventure like none other. Uh, and then there are some screenshots, and it says, Just three of 15 screens. Atari version game screens. Now, I've looked at comparisons between the Atari and the Commodore 64, and um, they're not that different, but I, they, there's a little bit different in the um, the time 
There's a, a time counter at the top, and it does look different, so I'll give you that. Uh, then there is a list of bullet points on the back. It says fast arcade action, lifelike animation, eh, normal and high speed play, just for fun play mode, one or two player option, easy joystick control, and seven time controlled game phases, which is interesting. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, as we get into the game. Then it has by Y Limpur and game design A Marsley. So uh, the uh, uh, Troy... Linden is not mentioned on the back of uh, the box here. Uh, and then, of course, it has a Snoky program package, audiovisual copyright 1983, Funsoft. Uh, and it has uh, a mailing address and a phone number, uh, two of them, for Funsoft. One is the uh, U.S. base, which is in Agora, California. And the other one is listed in Brussels, Belgium. So uh, interesting stuff on the package of Snoky here. Uh, and the title screen, once the game comes up, we have Snoky written in bright, colorful sprites. Um, we have all the, the names, the programmers that I mentioned previously, and of course, copyright from Funsoft. Uh, and then we have the company, again, their mailing address and their phone number. So I guess if you bought Funsoft and you thought you wanted to give them a long distance call back then and let them know what you thought of Snoky, then you could just dial them right up and, and let them know. You have a few options on the title screen. F1 starts the game. F3 toggles between normal and high-speed mode. By the way, that would be insane. High-speed mode is insane. Um, and then F5 uh, toggles between one or two players. And Spacebar brings up a list of high scores. Uh, and then, so let's start the game here. And then we have our regular controls. Now, you can either control the game with a joystick or with a keyboard. And you could tell that it's kind of an early game because that feature seemed to get dropped pretty early on. Only the earliest Commodore games, I think, uh, were you able to control with the keyboard. Most games, after uh, you know a year or two, people just assumed you had a joystick by then. Uh, but you control Snoky with a joystick. You move left or right, and the button jumps. So that's pretty much all the controls. If you use the keyboard, you use the cursor keys. But, of course, on a Commodore 64 keyboard, uh, you have the cursor up and down, and that just serves as right. And then the cursor left and, or left and right button is just left. Uh, so you use the two cursor buttons and spacebar jumps. And F7 pauses and unpauses the game during play. So, uh, as we already established, Snoky is a snowbird, and your goal is to save Cora. So you must beat the clock in seven different screens. They call them play areas. It's very interesting because this is a side-scrolling platform game. So if you think of something like the original uh, Super Mario Brothers, it would be like once you get the first mushroom and you and you know and the game starts scrolling, then the timer would reset. Uh, and that would be another area. And once you get over, you know, a couple of different enemies, then that would be a new area and the timer would reset. So really, this is just one level of a game that scrolls from the beginning to the end. But uh, as you get to different types of terrain or different parts in the game, then the timer resets and it considers that to be uh, a different screen. If you die, that's where you will respawn at. Uh, so it is just a platform game that scrolls from left to right. And uh, Snoky has to go up and down little hills. You, If you uh, uh, 
don't jump off of a hill, then you will slide down. And when you slide down and land at the bottom of a hill, you pause for just a second. And that split second is often enough time to kill you uh, because you will be dealing with, at least in the first level, lots of little what look like bowling balls that have been left behind by the bad guys that will chase you up and down until they fall into these little crevices. If you touch a little crevice, you will also die. Probably the most annoying thing about this game, um, maybe not the most annoying, but the thing that will infuriate you when you start is that every time that you die, a little picture of a skull appears and then he winks at you. Boink! And it's just enough to tick you off and make you want to try to do it again. But there are lots of jumps in this game that have been described as pixel perfect. In other words, you have to be in exact the right uh, spot where you jump or you won't make, uh, you know, you won't land in the right spot and you will either slide down a hill or slide backwards or get hit by a bowling ball uh, or a bullet or one of many other things that will try to kill you in this game. Uh, So, you know, there are multiple different, Things Like I said, there are the hills at the beginning, there are the bowling balls, there's a part where you have to jump on moving platforms across water, there's a ice cave where stalactites will fall down, there's a part where there are lasers shooting up and down that you have to go through, so there's, you know, seven completely different areas. Uh, I watched a walkthrough of this game, and from beginning to end... It took 70 seconds. It literally took 70 seconds for someone to go from the beginning of the game to the end. Now, they admit on YouTube that they were using uh, emulator-assisted tools, so I'm sure they were using save states or something like that because I played this game, well, I've had this game for, well, gosh, over 30 years now, and I have never got anywhere close to the ending of this game. I haven't even made it halfway through this game. And again, to beat the game took this guy 70 seconds. So that will give you a little bit of an idea of just how difficult Snokey is. Uh, There's no, I couldn't find an actual manual for this game. I looked around, I couldn't find a scan of a manual, Um, but I did, I was able to look at scores. Um, There's a high score listed of 22,080 points by someone named Dr. Creep uh, on retrocomputerscene.com. Now, on the playthrough that's on YouTube, their final score is 11,100, and I don't know how you would get a higher score than that because they don't die, and they constantly run from left to right, so I don't know how you get a higher score. I'm I'm a little confused on that, to be honest, but again, my score has never been anywhere near 11,000 or 22,000. My score is usually about 2,000. So reviews of this game, you know, it's really hard. It's really simplistic. And you might think by listening to this that it didn't get good reviews. Retro Game Reviews gave it 80 out of 100. Commodore User gave it 4 out of 5. Lots of magazines gave it very positive reviews. And uh, even though a lot of the game is simplistic based on, you know, compared to modern games or even later games on the Commodore 64 But there's something about this game every time that you die that makes you want to do it again, you know, I mean, because it's it just feels like it's something you did. Like if only you had been closer, if only you had done this, if only you had jumped or moved left or moved right, you wouldn't have died. So uh, it's it's kind of a maddening game, but it also is a little bit addictive. 
Uh, I mentioned earlier that this game was available both for the Commodore 64 and for Atari computers. The version on the Atari runs a little bit slower, uh, so... Some people prefer it. I watched a YouTube video and someone uh, like a compare video, and they said they liked the Atari one just because it was slower, uh, which made it easier. And and like I said, anything that you can uh, use to your advantage on this game, uh, more power to you. Uh, if you want to play this game today, obviously uh, you can play it through an emulator, but uh, there have been a couple of ports released for Android. There's one called C64 Snooky, which is available for Android, and that is a free download. I don't have an Android device, so I I wasn't uh, able to try it, but you might try that out. There's also a game called Karma Miwa, which uh, is for Android. It costs $1.99, and it says it is inspired by Snooky, and so, or Snooky. Let me tell you this. Every time you try to Google stuff uh, on Snooky, you will just get things about Snooky <laughs> and those Jersey Shore people. So uh, that's why I have Snooky on the brain right now. On eBay, there is one boxed copy on floppy disk right now that is available for $50. Uh, and there is a cassette copy that recently sold for forty-one seventy-two. So I don't know how many people... Think of this as a, you know, remember this game, but it does seem like when it does sell, uh, it's kind of expensive. So uh, if you want to own a copy and see our little friend Snokey and all that snow on the front, then it's probably going to cost you. And speaking of snow, all this talk about Snokey is making me hungry. So let's find something to eat for this week's Talking Snack. Crack, crack, crack the egg into the bowl. Crack, crack, crack the egg into the bowl. Talking snack. You know, it's August. It's Oklahoma weather. It's been 90 degrees. Last week, there were a few days that were 100 degrees. It's just miserable right now. It's so hot. Uh, There have been days in my house where it has been almost 80 degrees just because the air conditioner can't keep up with how hot it is right now. And that's just Oklahoma summers. And one thing that I always think about during the Oklahoma summers to cool me down are snow cones. Uh, There are snow cone stands, gosh, almost on every corner and, and they vary in the, uh, the flavors that they have. They, they vary in what else, you know, some of them also, some give you pickles. Some, uh, there are some that have ice cream. I guess that's Hawaiian style where they put a scoop of ice cream inside the snow cone, or there's just the traditional snow cone. You know, when it comes to snow cone flavors, I'm, I'm, um, I'm not quite a traditionalist. Like I don't, you know, it's not just like cherry or grape, things like that. Um, I, you know, they, there's a, a place near me that has, um, a flavor that's called wedding cake. Ah, it's so good. They have another one that's called cake icing, which I think is probably just, just plain sugar, you know, but, um, uh, or a, a good banana one. I always like banana snow cones, but, um, uh, several years ago, probably 10 years ago, my grandmother in Chicago, the one uh, grandma O who passed away, discovered Coles and she really liked Coles. And so she, for my birthday, she sent me a gift card to Coles and said, oh, you should go buy, you know, something nice to wear. And I didn't have the heart to tell her that, you know, Kohl's didn't have any shirts of my size, to be honest with you. So I went to Kohl's with this gift card and was looking around. And in the, uh, like the, you know, for sales section or discount section or whatever, they had 
a snow cone machine. Now, it's it's not a, a toy one, you know. It's not like a Snoopy snow cone thing, but it's not professional level. But, I mean, I, w- I want to say, like, on sale it was 100 bucks. I mean, it's a pretty heavy-duty snow cone machine. You fill it up with ice cubes. And I went, I found a snow cone distributor uh, here in town, and I went and I bought these gallon jugs. I bought a gallon jug of raspberry and a gallon jug of uh, banana and one of bubble gum. And so, uh, man, when it's hot, that's what we do when it's, you know, just at night and it still hasn't cooled off. That's what we'll, we'll break out the snow cone machine. We'll make some snow cones and we go sit out on the back porch. And uh, so I think that's what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to go make me a snow cone. And so while I do that, I'm going to give you some of my personal memories about snow, uh, snow cones. I already gave you about snow cones. Now I'm going to give you memories about Snokey. All right, time travelers. Seatbelt fastened. Yes. Get go away to the past. Huh? Memories. I remember playing Snokey uh, early on when I got my Commodore 64. Now I got my Commodore 64 in 1985 and the system had already been out for a few years. So Snokey would have been released two years before I got my Commodore 64. And that's a little bit of a problem when it came to me for playing those early games, like the 82 and 83 games is I got mine in 85. So the, you know, the, some of the first games I played were impossible mission and ghostbusters and things like that. Things that had digitized speech and that had great graphics. So when I saw a game like Snokey that had pretty simple graphics and uh, not, you know, necessarily great uh music or things like that sometimes i didn't play them very long and so especially if they were super hard i gave up pretty easy you know if you got a disc of games from somebody and there were eight games and you tried one and it was hard you just move on to the second one or the third one you know and uh uh, again, you know, I talked about this a little bit on the last episode, but it was kind of a disservice, I think, to get so much software at once because you didn't have time to appreciate each title. So uh, uh, Mike uh, D'Angelo uh, requested this game, uh, requested you know that I do this game a long time ago. And so I've been playing this game off and on for, oh, several months now. And, uh, you know, the more I play it, I mean, you do get frustrated. I get frustrated to where I'll stop playing, but, uh, but there is something addictive about it. There is something that makes me come back to it. Um, but it's even more frustrating now that I've seen the playthrough and know that in, you know, less than a minute and a half, you can play the entire game and that I've never got anywhere, uh, that close, you know, so, uh, so I do remember playing it and it was definitely a game. I mean, it's a game you can just fire up and you figure out, you know, now, like inherently we understand a, a left to right scrolling platform game. We know what we're supposed to do, no matter who you are, no matter what the storyline is, you're supposed to keep going to the right, you know, in this, you know, we have the, uh, the story that you're supposed to rescue Kara and in the, the playthrough, you know, we, we do see that happen, but, uh, it, it doesn't really matter what that is. We just know that there's a goal at the end. And so I, I have tried to rescue Kara <laughs> many times and, uh, and I have never done it. So I, I'm going to keep playing this game. Uh, and, and I have more of an appreciation now of, uh, uh, the people that played it, uh, you know, 
back when it was a new new type of game. For graphics, I give Snooky three out of five ice cubes. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Uh, for music, the same thing. I'll give it three out of five ice cubes. There is music at the beginning and at the end, and a little uh, ditty whenever you die. Um, same thing for sound effects. Three out of five. They're not grating. They're not wonderful. They're just there. Um, you know, they're mostly in the background. But overall gameplay, I will bump it up and give Snooky four out of five. Uh, you know, it's not a terrible game. It's it's not the best game that you'll ever play in. Obviously, newer titles on the Commodore are going to be a lot flashier. But if you wanted to sit down and play a really challenging scrolling platform game, this isn't a bad one to try. Thanks again for tuning in to Sprite Castle. If you want to play this week's game, head on over to podcast.robohair and click on the show notes for a link to download the game. If you'd like to send me a game request or feedback about this or any other episode of Sprite Castle, you can email me at robohair at robohair.com, contact me on Twitter at Commodore, follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash robcasts, or leave me a voicemail on the Flat Podcast hotline at 405-486-YDKF. Sprite Castle is available from iTunes, Stitcher Radio, the Sprite Castle RSS feed, and through throwbacknetwork.net, your home for quality retro podcasts. To hear more podcasts from me, check out You Don't Know Flat, Cactus Flax, Throwback Reviews, and Multiple Sadness. You can find links to all these shows over at podcast.robohair.com. Many of the news articles and game details for Sprite Castle come from websites such as Commodore is Awesome, the Commodore Scene Database, Lemon64, and Moby Games. For links to these and more websites, check out the list of links on the Sprite Castle section of podcast.robohair.com. Thanks again for listening. Now get back to saving the Kara in your life, and we'll see you here next time on Sprite Castle. <laughs>